Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and uh, right alongside, of course, is Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Well, I'm not doing too badly. Uh, we managed to escape, uh, I guess, a lot of Alberto. We didn't get much down here in uh, the Panhandle area, even though they talked about uh, – us getting a lot of the uh, the worst of it, and uh, it actually wasn't too bad. A little rain yesterday, but a little bit windy, uh, but not bad. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty much moved out of the area, so we're grateful for that uh, here. We've got a great show, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So let me just uh, first remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, unless otherwise mentioned here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Best way to find us, of course, is go to blogtalkradio.com and uh, type in women of golf or just add forward slash women of golf and that will take you there as well for some reason if you can't join us live not to worry just go to that link and scroll down to the on demand section and all of the shows uh, are there in their entirety Uh, um, so if you miss one just go to the on demand section there on blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and you can check us out there uh, when it's convenient for you Uh, you can also find us on itunes.com stitcher.com and now tunein.com as well Uh, again just type in the women of golf and you can listen on any of those great social media platforms. And, of course, you can always uh, reach out to Cindy or I uh, through our respective emails. Uh, Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, uh, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And you're also welcome to call into the show anytime you want uh, during the live broadcast. We'd love to hear from you. The number is area code 347-945-5855. Um, Cindy, we got a great, uh, actually two great guests coming on this morning. Uh, first up is going to be Je- uh, Jenny Hagland. Uh, she's the winner of the 2018 Symmetra Classic uh, just two weeks ago. And then uh, she's going to be followed by Louise Riderstrom, who just won this past weekend's um, 2018 Valley Forge Invitational. We're going to have both of those ladies on this morning. Um, but, Cindy, I thought, w- as we both uh, have, have recently discovered, uh, the LBJ, of course, has lost one of its legends, uh, Carol Mann, uh, who is, uh, coincidentally has been a guest a couple of times on the show and uh, certainly a, a legend of the game. And I just thought I'd read out a, a couple of things here and then uh, any thoughts that you want to add as well. Um, Carol, of course, was born February 3rd, 1941 in Buffalo, New York, and uh, she just passed away uh, May 20th here just recently, about a little over a week ago uh, in the Woodlands, Texas, and she was 77 years old. Uh, interesting, something I didn't know about her, she was quite a, a tall woman, uh, six foot three, which is about an inch shorter than me, so very, very tall. Um, and she won 38 times on the LPGA, including two major championships, uh, the 64 Women's Western Open Invitational, and then the 65 U.S. Women's Open. 
she also, Cindy, won 10 times in 1968 uh, before becoming the LPJ president from 73 to 76. Uh, worked as a golf analyst for ABC, ESPN, and of course NBC and was inducted into the LPJ Tours uh, Hall of Fame and the World Golf Hall of Fame in 1977. Uh, she grew up in the Baltimore and Chicago area primarily and uh, took up golf at the ripe young age of nine and, of course, attended the University of North Carolina in Greensboro before joining the LPJ in 1961. So our, certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to her family and friends at this time. Uh, any thoughts, uh, Cindy, that you want to add to that as well? What? Carol was just such a loving, caring person who gave so much to anyone she met. She cared so much about this World Golf Hall of Fame. She was their ambassador, and she just, I heard that she almost embarrassed Greg Norman because there was nothing in his locker, and (laughs) there was a dinner there an induction ceremony and she grabbed his arm and took him over to his locker and said, look at this. And everyone (laughs) else's locker had like old golf bags and shoes and trophies and all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't too much longer that, you know, Greg Norman's locker had all kinds of stuff in it because she embarrassed him. So she was a truth teller. (laughs) She was uh, just a caring, loving person and gave so much to this game. Where she's going to be so yeah, nice. well, well said. And and uh, uh, as I understand it, Cindy, it was uh, quite sudden. Uh, certainly not sure of the circumstances, but uh, uh, we're certainly uh, not only the industry, but uh, also her family. And I said, as her friends, uh, are certainly uh, going to miss her uh, her great spirit. And uh, we just want to uh, again send out our, our deepest condolences to her family and friends at this time. And uh, we just want to thank. Uh, her obviously for the opportunity that we had to be able to to speak with her here on the show in the Women of Golf show, and she'll certainly uh, be sadly missed. Um, I, I want to uh, obviously move on to our first guest, and and uh, her name is uh, Jenny Hagelin. Uh, she's actually from Sweden. She, uh, she's uh, just went back from Sw- uh, over to Sweden, in fact. So let me just read a little bit about her. Uh, recent happenings, and then uh, we'll bring her on the show. I see she's ready to come on. Uh, as I mentioned, her name is Jenny Hagelin. She won the uh, 2018 Symmetric Classic on uh, Saturday, May 19th, which was just a little over a week ago, on the first hole of a sudden-death playoff against uh, Dottie Ardina. In 2016, the Sweden native graduated from Southern Mes- uh, Methodist University uh, before playing on the Ladies European Tour Access Series. Uh, she earned her LAT, or uh, again, Lady European Tour uh, card for 2017 after finishing second in the Access Series point standings. Uh, while at SMU, she was uh, a four-year all-conference section and completed her uh, collegiate career as the Mustangs' all-time scoring average leader at 73.55. Uh, in addition, Hagelin won the inaugural American Athletic Conference uh, Championship in 2014. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest uh, this morning, Jenny Hagelin. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi, good morning, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, or good, uh, I don't know, afternoon here from Sweden. <laughs> oh, what's well, the that's time right. change? Sorry? How many hours difference are you from the United States Eastern? Uh, six hours. Wow. Oh, okay. So you're, yeah, so you're early afternoon then in, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, I am. 
Very and good. And what's the weather like we'll, Perfect. It's sunny and 27 degrees Celsius, and summer is here, and it's amazing to be home. Awesome. How long are you there? I'm just going to be here for um, a week, and then I head back to play um, the next swing of three events on the Symmetra Tour. Awesome. Sorry, Ted. Go ahead. No, no, no problem. so, Jenny, as I was mentioning in the, the opening comments, uh, you won last week's, uh, actually, well, it's the previous week's now, the 2018 Symmetra Classic, uh, which, of course, was played at the River Run Country Club in Davidson, North Carolina. Um, and uh, you actually uh, finished in a sudden-death playoff against Dottie Ardina. Um, what was your mindset, uh, or did you have a specific game plan going into that week's event? I mean, I just came off a win, actually, on the latest European tour just two weeks earlier. Um, So I wasn't really, um, you know, I hadn't really, that one hadn't really sunk in yet. So I was just kind of riding the momentum and just kept doing what I've been doing the past couple of weeks. But, um, I mean, it was a great thing, and I really liked the event, and uh, I'm very happy to have been the winner. Well, we congratulate you on, on that win, of course. Now, let me just ask you a quick question, and, and then, Cindy, I'm going to uh, let you uh, ask her a question or two, if you like. Um, now, obviously, you you've, do a lot of travel in that. Do you find sometimes the travel gets a little bit much? I mean, you've just won the tournament a couple of weeks ago, then you've headed back to Sweden, then you're going to have to come back again. Does sometimes that long travel uh, sometimes take its toll on you? I mean, it certainly does sometimes, but um, even last year playing on the late European tour, we did have a lot of travel to Asia, Australia, and all that. So um, just going over to Atlantic doesn't feel that far anymore. Yeah, you kind of gotten used to it, I guess. Um, does, it, does it get to you, though, li- kind of living, because you're living out of a suitcase basically sometimes weeks at a time. That kind of must get a little bit uh, daunting, too, sometimes, does it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to come home, and that's why I do decide to come home these off weeks just to kind of land a little bit and get some rest and kind of get my mind off of golf and then see my friends from home. So for me, it's important to come back, even though the travel it can be hard at times. Right. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some questions. Jenny, you mentioned that the week before, two weeks before, you won an LET event, a Ladies European Tour event, and then you came over to the U.S. and you won a Symmetra Tour event. Are you trying to play both tours simultaneously? Um, I did uh, have that as a goal this year, to try to play the beginning of the year on the LET, you know, just to keep uh, keep playing and get playing opportunities. But now once I won, I'm going to play the big uh, main events on, on the LET, like the Scottish Open that's co-sanctioned with the LPGA, uh, the British Open and Evian. And then um, the rest of the year, I'm going to focus on, on Symmetra. That's awesome. That's awesome. And why are you playing so well right now? What are you doing that might be different or the confidence you've gained or what you're working on? Can you tell the listeners? Uh, For me, I think it's just a little bit of everything kind of falling into place and coming together. I worked really hard 
over um, the last couple of years and just being at home regularly meeting my coach um, has helped me a lot and uh, I've gained a lot of confidence also just by uh, seeing my name on the top of the leaderboard like knowing that I can be up there and play well. Were you on the Swedish national team when you were a junior? Uh, yes, I was. Um, I've been a part of their um, group, both as a girl and then as a, a lady amateur, and then now also with their pro um, thing that we have going with the coaches. They were actually out in Pottstown last week um, supporting us, so we do have professional camps as well. So, yeah, I've been a part of that team for a long time, uh, and it means a lot to me. Can you tell... Uh, uh, I teach a lot of juniors in Buffalo, New York, and I played on the LPGA Tour myself, and now I play on the Legends Tour. But I don't believe that some of the U.S. juniors realize or understand what it takes to become one of the best players in the world. Can you tell us a typical day at one of your camps, whether it was when you were a, a junior or a woman amateur or now as a professional? Um, actually, like, since we've been um, kind of coming together early, like, even when we were, I think we started, uh, when I was 13, I was first um, in those types of camps. And uh, we st- started also early in the morning, I would say around 6, with a morning workout. Um, you know, uh, as we got older, it got more heavier, but in, you know, a, a hard workout. And then we had breakfast, and then after that we had out to the course uh, and had practice, you know, all the areas before before lunch, uh, both uh, mechanical work and also just drills and, and, and stuff like that. And then after lunch we usually played. That's great. I think it Very cool. does it teach you a great work ethic and understanding of what it takes to be amazing. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, and even as we like as we went as juniors, we always had guests coming in. It, like if it was a former Swedish player or a coach or somebody that's worked with someone that's been successful from Sweden, uh, and telling us all about what it takes to become you know, a great player. So I feel like we're always gotten, um, you know, very well educated on what it takes to to work hard and be, become a great player. That's awesome. Go ahead, Ted. Um, Jenny, let me ask you something uh, since we're talking about uh, Sweden a little bit. Um, what do you equate such a strong showing from the Swedes? Uh, is golf really growing a lot with, uh, because of so many good players coming out of Sweden? Uh, and what are uh, maybe some others that we need to keep an eye for that are going to be coming over uh, here to the United States from Sweden? What are some other uh, great players coming out of Sweden right now? What, what's the, the secret sauce, if you will, over in Sweden that uh, seems to be bringing out so many great players? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like what I just talked about earlier, um, I know Louise is going to be on after me. And uh, we first met on one of these camps when we were 13. And it was called the Sohim Cup 2017. And it was a bunch of 13-year-olds. And I would say on the Symmetra right now, 
I think seven of those girls that were on that camp when we are 13 are, are playing. And we've been practicing and meeting up, you know, a couple of times a year ever since then. Wow. Right. That's awesome. Now, um, as I mentioned uh, in, in uh, again, the opening comments, uh, you actually won the, uh, the Symmetra Classic, but it was in a sudden-death playoff against uh, Dottie. Um, at that point, you're no longer playing against the field. You're now playing against an individual player. Uh, so you're not looking over your shoulders anymore to see who's coming up the leaderboard. When you get into a playoff uh, situation like that, does your mindset change on how you approach the, uh, the hole? Um, I mean, it does, and it can, and it sometimes doesn't. It kind of depends. But I won Morocco as well in, in a playoff, and that was a three-way playoff. Uh, but, you know, when I was in that playoff, that was, you know, my biggest uh, playoff so far. But I, a lot of thoughts come into your head, you know, what's going to happen if I win this? You know, if I win this playoff, it will get me into this and that. But, I mean, it, for me, it's just important to kind of let those – thoughts go and um, just, you know, focus on the task at hand, hitting one shot at a time, you know, first hitting the fairway and then after that hitting the green and then after that making the putt. So, um, you know, for me, it's just all about getting into to that one shot at a time in my set. Right. Well said. Um, now, just a, another quick question here. Um, this past week, uh, actually this past weekend, uh, Louise Ryderstrom uh, won the uh, the uh, 2018 Valley Forge Invitational. Uh, you're both native Swedes. Um, I'm assuming, obviously, you you know uh, one another quite well. Are you both uh, both going to celebrate respective wins together now that you're both back in in Sweden? Um, we uh, it was kind of funny, you know, when I won, Louise was on the back for me on the last playoff hole. Um, so we do know each other really well. And uh, after that round, we sat down in the car because we were going to drive together nine hours to, to Pottstown. So we had a little talk that week and, uh, you know, we learned from each other and I talked about my win and, you know, how kind of I feel about things. And she talked about, you know, what's going on in her, her head. So when she came up on top the week later, it made me so happy. And, uh, we got to celebrate with the Swedish team after in um, in Pottstown, so that was that was nice. But now she's in Stockholm, so and I'm in Karlstad, so we're quite far away. Um, but we do right. uh, we did celebrate after after the event. Um, I can imagine that you did. Um, now, did you sort of come on the golf scene before her, uh, or did she come on first, or were you about the same time? Um, she was always a little bit ahead of me as a junior player, um, being on the national team. So, um, but we, we were a part of that, like I said earlier, when we were 13, that group of girls that uh, was uh, invited to the Solent Cup 2017 camp. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Now, go ahead, Cindy. Jenny, what are do you have a chance of being on the next Solheim Cup team for next year now that you've won an LAT event? I haven't really looked into that, but uh, I mean, I I need to play really well, but I think I might have a chance if I keep uh, keep on playing. Because they would definitely look at your Symmetra Tour win as well, wouldn't they? Or do they only look at LAT events? 
I don't know that question or answer to that question. Okay. Hmm. Well, definitely something I'm sure you want to find find out real quick because that could uh, that could really uh, work well in, as a feather in your cap for sure. So I'd be I'd be hop, right after this interview. I think I'd be hopping on the phone and checking that one out for sure. Um, Jenny, <laughs> let me ask you something. Um, you obviously know your game really, really well. What's your strongest part of your game, and what area of the game do you struggle most with? And I'd like for you, if you, if you wouldn't mind, maybe also throwing a tip for some of the amateurs. I know you see a lot of amateurs play out there. Um, so talk about your strong games. Talk about what areas still need a little work. Um, and then maybe just offer a tip, if you wouldn't mind, for some of the listeners out there on how uh, they could maybe focus a little bit better or what they could do to improve their game a bit. Okay, I'll give it a try. Um, but my strong part of my game, I would say, is uh, is get the ball in the hole. You know, I'm I'm a fighter. It might all might not always look that pretty, but um, um, I'm I'm very good at like working with what I have and trying to make it work for that day. Um, and if there's one thing I'd like to uh, work more on, it's definitely my short game and my chipping. Um, so that I can save myself uh, any given time of the day. And if I do Perfect. have a tip, um, let me see. I would say is if it's, if you're a girl, a junior girl or a junior amateur, um, I would say to play a lot with the guys and, and learn from them because um, they are usually a lot more but they have a lot more imagination when it comes to hitting shots and being creative in practice. That's a great tip. I like that. Um, well said. Um, so now that you've, you've got a, a couple of wins uh, to, to sort of feed off and, and propel you uh, throughout the rest of the season, what are you going to be focusing on? Are you going to be looking towards some of the majors uh, on the LAT, and and uh, what about any specific events that you're really gearing up for, uh, maybe on the Symmetra Tour as well? Um, just for me, kind of my goal this year is uh, obviously Symmetra, um, hitting, you know, that every shot counts towards the end of the year. So I'm um, just going into every tournament and every shot and trying to hit it the best that I can because – at the end of the day or the end of the year, that's what's going to different, you know, whoever's in the top 10. Um, and then when it comes to the majors, I kind of see them more as a learning uh, experience. Uh, of course, I do want to play well there, but I see them more um, as, you know, a part of the process. Right. Right. Well said. Um, Cindy, any final uh, thoughts or questions that you have for Jenny? If you had one piece of advice for a young girl who might be listening, who's wondering whether or not you ever have doubt or unbelief, and what keeps you going when things aren't going well, what would you tell that person? Uh, that's a really good question, actually, because that has been me many times. Um, there's been many times I've thought, of, you know, why am I doing this? And am I good enough? And uh, I don't probably belong here. Will I ever, you know, play professional golf? Um, 
but what's been keeping me motivated every day is the fact that I can develop every day and become better every day, both as a person and as a golfer. It's awesome. Very Thank cool. you. Yeah, I like that. That's some great advice. Um, Jenny, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, traveling uh, can be a little bit difficult at times, uh, living out of a suitcase. Uh, does any of your family uh, travel with you as, as support from time to time? And who do you lean on most uh, when those difficult times come? Who do you uh, go to for some, some advice uh, other than your, your swing coach? Is there anybody in your family or friends that you, uh, that you really lean on when times get tough? Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're a bunch of sweets out there, and um, I don't really have a lot of family that travel with me, so whenever there is something, I know there will always be, you know, someone around that I know, that I've been known also for a long time, so those are the people I go to. For example, Luis would be one of them, and um, even the other Swedes on tour that have known me from when I was a little kid. Right. Very good. Well, Jenny, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. We know you've got, uh, I'm sure, a busy day ahead, and you want to uh, relax a little bit and spend some time with, with family and friends while you're back home before you uh, head out again to, to the next event. So uh, congratulations again on, on both of your wins, and uh, keep up the great work, and uh, we hope you'll come back and join us again in the future. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Good luck, honey. All right. Will you have a yeah, Thank good luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was uh, Jenny Hagland, the winner of the uh, 2018 Symmetric Classic. Um, you know, Cindy, what's, uh, well, we wait for Louise uh, to come on board. Um, I, I just want to make a, a, a quick observation. You know, one thing I've noticed, and, and again, this is kind of why I directed the question the way I did about, you know, the, the Swedes in general, they just obviously have a very well-run program because there's a lot of great Swedes that have come out of there over the years. And it just really goes to show you that, um, you know, with these young ladies coming out and just the determination, you know, even, uh, you know, Jenny mentioned about even when she's not playing well, she has a specific focus on getting that ball in the hole. doesn't matter what it looks like or how she gets there. That's her focus. And I think that's something that, players from all over could really uh, adhere to. What are your thoughts there? Well, absolutely true, Ted. But you need to realize, and that's kind of why I kept asking her the question about the Swedish national team. She has been under someone's wing consistently, knowing how to work on her game, knowing how to improve, learning good mental habits, nutrition, fitness, golf swing, you know, course management since she was 13. And and the right. Swedish right. national, they, the kids, the junior students' parents don't have to pay for this. Their country pays for it. So, again, yeah. the United States doesn't have anything like this. And that's kind of mm-hmm. why Myra Blackwelder was trying to create America's golf team because right. being, she was the head of the University of Kentucky's women's golf team. And you almost always have to recruit from outside the U.S. because of the work ethic 
these kids have understood what it takes to become the best player in the world at a very young age. And, and it's funny because I interviewed Coach Patty Rizzo uh, from the University of Miami, and that's what she said. They understand what it means to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go do a workout and then have breakfast and then go practice every part of your game and do drills until lunch and have lunch and then go play 18 holes. I mean, they get it, Yeah. whereas kids here, oh, I practice for a couple hours, I'm good. And most kids don't even do that. So, yeah. Do you know what I, that's what uh, you know, I, I wonder? Right. I, I wonder sometimes, and, 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 I, and I, you know, I don't like to blame any one thing or the other, but do you think that part of the problem here, and I've noticed this, I'm not going to throw out any names here, but do you think that one of the problems here is there's more focus on building a brand or an image um, even before the, the play is actually shown its, its value? In other words, you see a lot of uh, players that are out there developing their own brand, if you will. It's more of a, they're looking at it more of a, from a business standpoint as opposed to getting out there and, and sort of proving their chops out in the golf course. Do you think that that's one of the differences that you see here in the United States as opposed to, uh, you know, some of the young ladies coming out of uh, some of the other countries? They're more focused on let's, you know, let me get my golf game and, and you know, I'm, I'll worry about the accolades later. Do you think that that's an issue as well, maybe? Well, certainly that's part of it with social media and everybody's trying to become a superstar. Right. And we have a saying in our house, you got to let your clubs do the talking. You know, keep your mouth right. shut. <laughs> you know, go go practice. And when you play well, you know, you'll get your own accolades because you're proving that you can play. <clears throat> but I don't know right. that and, – and, again, there's all these schools that have been created, these junior academies in the South yes. where kids from all over the world pay anywhere from fifty to $70,000 a year. Their parents ship them over, and basically golf is their life. And right. I, I'd like to see the numbers for how many of those kids become tour players. Right. And right, it would you know, be. They they have all these golf bags. They have it's like they're on a team, but their parents are paying you know sixty five, seventy thousand dollars a year. <clears throat> so it's a huge money making business, is what it is. Yeah. The kids all live. Yeah, in homes. I, I. They have people that chaperones that live with them, and I'm like. You know, I I don't know. I, again, you got to let your clubs do the talking. Now, I'm not saying that's not a good thing to teach somebody how to play, but <clears throat> I don't think the evidence is there that, you know, going to a school like that will help you become any better than if you work hard at home. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes – uh, there's an effort, a concerted effort to, to sort of manufacture, you know, the next tour player out there. And certainly I'm sure a lot of them maybe do make it out uh, or get into some of the junior tours, but it'd be interesting. That would be an interesting stat to follow up on. I, I think I'm going to look into that a little bit and, and maybe we'll have that on a future show as a discussion, because I think that that would be interesting just to see what the numbers really say. But, um, 
Anyways, I, I want to uh, take this opportunity. Our second guest is ready, uh, Louise Riderstrom, and let me just tell you a little bit about her. She won the uh, past weekend's 2018 Valley Forge Invitational just here on Saturday, May 26th at Ravensclaw Golf Club after shooting a competitive course record of 8 under par 63 to finish the tournament at 16 under par overall. Uh, she won by four strokes, and the win comes off a previous career, career best finish of tied uh, for fifth at the Symmetra Classic. And as Jenny, her good friend, already mentioned, uh, following the final round play, Riderstrom caddied for Haglin uh, and says the experience provided inspiration for her win on Saturday. So, uh, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our very special second guest uh, this morning, uh, Louise Riderstrom. Good morning. Hi. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Good. Good morning, Louise. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? We're doing very well. You're on with Ted and Cindy. Um, Cindy, you go ahead. You can start the conversation off, and then we'll uh, uh, then I'll follow up. Are you in Sweden now, or are you here? I am actually in Sweden right now. <laughs> uh, I just got here did... yesterday. Ah, good for you. I saw some stuff on uh, I saw your picture it looked great I'm an LPGA member and I played on the tour a long time ago and I play on the Legends Tour now just so you kind of know the scoop here tell us um, again I love listening to you guys talk about the Swedish national team and all the things that playing and being a part of that group has taught you if you had one thing to tell a junior golfer and all your experience what would you tell them? Some advice. Wow. <laughs> what would I tell them? You know, I believe that, you know, you, you always have to have fun because uh, that's the real reason why we're all doing it. Um, and that's kind of what I'm telling myself as a professional, too, because I'm, you know, like it's very easy as a professional to think about more <laughs> of the, uh, like uh, the business and and the money of things. And uh, I just try to tell myself that you're actually ultimately doing this because you love it and because you enjoy it and because it's fun. So that's probably what I would tell a junior golfer. Awesome. Hmm. Awesome. Very good. And, And you say that in such a way that you, to me, because I've been there, done that, and I've tried to get better myself, for so my whole life, and what do you do to get yourself out of the the doubt, the apprehension, and the unbelief? How do you get yourself out of that when you're in a in a funk? Very good question. I actually recently uh, experienced it because uh, the the week before I finished fifth, uh, and the week before when I caddied for Jenny in her playoffs, I actually missed the cut. Uh, and I was very much struggling with my putting that week. And I just told myself, uh, at first, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, who do you think you are? Uh, and then I was kind of like, well, you know, um, Practice makes perfect. So if I just practice harder, go through my stats, I went through all the information that I possibly had about my game, 
how much time I spend on each part of my game practicing, and I kind of like put put up some goals, and I told myself maybe I need to uh, be more careful about how I spend my time and how I practice, because I seem to practice very technical stuff in my putting, and that doesn't seem to work. So how about for the next week, uh, just practice uh, in a different way in my putting, and uh, it, it seems to work. So I, I'm just trying to like uh, look at the problem uh, and try something different, and uh, just try to believe that that will work. And for me, it certainly did, because I finished fifth, and the week after that, I won. So. So I again I I totally agree and believe what you're saying and I believe that sometimes it's not that you're not trying it might be that we're trying the wrong things and I believe that sometimes the committee of they anybody that tells you what you're doing and and not that they criticize and condemn but you know, well, you know, you're not putting very well, or you're not doing this, or what's your problem, or all this stuff. We tend to become so left-brained that we're looking at technical things when really it's right-brain feel, and 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 then your true talent can show up. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I agree. I mean, um, one thing that I just wanted to say, too, is that um, – I think it's important to just be very mentally strong when you're in a slum to tell yourself that this is not how it's going to be forever. You're just in a slum right now, and, you know, it, golf is a very inconsistent game. It's hard to have consistency in a very inconsistent game. So you just have to try to uh, believe that this is not forever. It, I'm going to play better soon, uh, but in order to play better, I just need to maybe look at my practice and look what am I actually doing. Uh, look at like any other business would. Uh, like how can I attack this problem and try to make it better? Um, that's That's pretty much what I would say. <laughs> that's awesome because, again, it also takes – I've got a thing called the it box, and there's three things in the box. The first thing is a nail, and it signifies pain. And how bad does it have to hurt before you're willing to change? And the second thing in the box is a mirror, and you have to be willing to look in the mirror, which clearly you are willing to do, which is awesome, because you said I've got to take a look at how I'm spending my time. And the third thing is a seed, and then you have to do something about it. So kudos to you for being willing to look in the mirror and do something about it, and clearly you're getting the results. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Um, Louise, let me ask you a, a, a question. Uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, the very beginning about, you know, doing what you're doing because you like to have fun. What else do you do um, that you enjoy doing outside of golf? What gives you uh, – a certain amount of pleasure away from the golf course uh, on, on some of your downtime? <laughs> Good question. I feel like all I do is around my golf game, especially this past four weeks when we've been on tour. I feel like you, you always come home late uh, after a tournament round or even a practice round. Uh, so what do I do in my downtown uh, down, or downtime? Uh, um, I Hi. think I try to 
spend a lot of my time with my friends on tour and just try to keep in touch with my family back home in, in Sweden and with friends that I have uh, outside the tour. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to do in my downtime. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and we can imagine it's not always easy, especially when you've got several weeks uh, in a row where you've got to uh, be tournament ready. You, you've really got to focus on the game, and we, we certainly understand that. But um, we all need a little downtime once in a while, and I, and I guess that's what you and Jenny are doing right now by going home and, and spending some time uh, you know, with your family and that. Uh, now, Jenny uh, mentioned about obviously you two, uh, are are quite close on tour. You you uh, you know help one another in a lot of different ways. And you recently, as you mentioned, and as she mentioned, uh, you helped her uh, on the bag there for a little while, uh, and actually equated that time to helping you with your win. What specifically um, has she done? Uh, you know, since you guys have been friends, that has helped you uh, to ultimately come out and, and win this past weekend. What are some of the things that she's done? How has she helped you? In other words. Well, um, like I, like you said, uh, me and Jenny are very close. We, we grew up together in Sweden. We've probably known each other since we were small little kids, and we both had dreams of becoming uh, great golfers. And Jenny, uh, for sure, I mean, she's great um, as a person and, and as a golfer. Uh, but I, I remember the week she won – I, I we had we shared uh, a car ride to our next event that was about eight hours and we had a lot of good talks <laughs> and I asked, asked her it's like how because uh, I can't seem to uh, close a tournament because I had been in contention before but I I didn't really seem to be able to mentally handle it and I asked her it's like asked my friend and she gave me a few uh, few tips. Uh, uh, how she handles it because she had been uh, in contention positions uh, a lot more than I had uh, before, uh, and she helped me and she inspired me and um, yeah, the, the week after it was my turn and I, I told Jenny as soon as I won when she came and congratulated me on the green that I told her I was like you you know like you have a big part of this uh, so. I'm very happy, but I like, like we mentioned before, um, uh, I'm a part of the Swedish national team, and one of our uh, kind of visions in the Swedish national team is that uh, we want to help each other, because um, right. we believe, or, or I believe, that if I see my friends do well, that means that I can do well too, and if I do well, that means that my friends can. So um, it brings me. I was. I was very happy for Jenny when I saw her win, and I believe that that's probably the reason why I won, because we we help each other, you know. <laughs> right. Now you let me just uh, make a quick note here. Uh, you actually won by four strokes. You finished with a 16 under uh, overall in the tournament, and and finished with the final round of uh, eight under, uh, posted a 63. So you had a very strong finish, uh, unlike Jenny who had a a uh, um, finished in a sudden death playoff. Um, let me ask you sort of a hypothetical question. Let's fast forward to uh, maybe the next tournament uh, that both of you are playing in. How are you going to handle a situation if the two of you get down to the crunch and you both in a, in a sudden death playoff, you and Jenny? How are you going to handle that mentally, uh, knowing that you're playing against one of your best friends on tour? Well, um, 
how am I gonna how am I gonna handle that mentally? Well, you know, um, obviously uh, she's my friend, but when we're competing, we are all competing, and I would probably be sure that we both would tell each other good luck and that we right. do our best because you know uh, both of us are gonna gain an experience. Uh, and something to learn from, even if we win or we or if we lost. So, um, you know, I, uh, in a playoff like that, I will do my best and uh, see whatever happens. Um, and if I won, it would win, then I would be very happy. Uh, and if I lost, I would still be happy for Jenny's sake. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a tough. That's a tough uh, situation to be in, but I also know that, in a way, that uh, even if the out- depending on the outcome, both of us are gonna gain something from it and get better. So that's what I would say. I, I like, I like that. That's a great answer, um, and I like the fact that. Um, regardless of the situation, you both would be very supportive of one another, which I know you would anyways, but uh, even more so uh, that you're playing against one of your, your fellow countrymen. Um, Cindy, uh, any final comments or, or questions that you have for uh, for Louise? Louise, I have uh, two things. Thing one, what was your mindset on the last round? How many groups in front of the leaders did you tee off? So I was the second to last. So the the final group was behind me. Mm-hmm. And and what was your mindset coming down, knowing that you were shooting? You know, you were having a great round. You're a million under par. Was it stay focused on the task at hand and keep making birdies? Did you look at the leaderboard? What did you do? So um, even before the round even started, I was three behind, and I told myself that's that's very much doable, you know. So and I told myself that uh, I need to be prepared that it can go well for me today. And uh, so I told myself ahead of time that you know whatever happens today, I'm just gonna focus on each single individual shot and try to do the best that I can in every single shot. Uh, and if thoughts of winning or if thoughts of me doing bad, I mean, if that ever happens, then I will just tell myself that uh, uh, winning is hard. And uh, winning means that uh, you don't only have the skills, but you probably have a little bit of luck that day too, and it has to be your day. And um, if it's my turn, then it's my turn. So I'm just going to continue doing my best on the course today and uh, see whatever happens because uh, that's the only thing that I could control. So even if I was uh, I was making birdies and I was five under for the round after nine <laughs> holes, I told myself, well, uh, that's great, but uh, the round is not over yet, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing and try to focus on every single shot and do the best that I can from there. And I pretty, I stuck to it pretty well, and then I finished eight under that day and won by four strokes. Wow! You know, that's so. You speak the truth, my dear, and and it only comes from experience. I know that because, you know, I've been there, done that. 
and and that's so cool. I do you mind if I quote you? I have to write a column for the Buffalo News this Sunday, and that is <laughs> sure. so important. What you just said. Can I quote you? Of course. Thank you. That's awesome. Very good. You know, one of the things, um, uh, just as we sort of come into our, our final uh, phase here of the program, uh, you know, Louise, we, you know, we talked with Jenny first uh, this morning a little bit, and then now with you. And, and I think, Cindy, you'd probably agree with this. I think one of the one of the things that I hear coming out of both uh, young ladies' mouths is a, a, a level of confidence, um, and, and not in an arrogant way, but just a level of confidence and self-assuredness, even in difficult times, you both seem to know that where to turn to when you need that that sort of pick me up, and you don't look down. Well, I'm I'm playing lousy, and you don't let it get to you to the point where you're sort of sinking in a pit. Um, you're able to turn around and and pull yourself out of that, and ultimately uh, you you came through and won this past weekend. Uh, and and congratulations for that. I think the mindset. Thank would you. you agree? Not just that, but also. Um, just the ability to self-talk, in other words, talk to yourself inside your own head to say, you know, I know I can do this. I know, you know, what my abilities are. And it's just a matter of time of keep doing, keep putting one foot in front of the other and doing the right things. Uh, I'm going to ultimately achieve the goals that, that I've set my, for myself. Is that something that's important to you is what you say inside uh, coming in during and even after a tournament? Absolutely. It's very, very important to me. Um, it's very important to me to know that even if I'm doing well right now, too, like next week I might not do so well. Uh, and just to know that each uh, period or each time um, of uh, playing good or playing bad, it's not forever, you know. You still have to uh, make sure you keep track of your progress and Make sure that you practice in a way that you believe in. And if something is not working, then you have to change it. And But kind of believe that you have the power to change something, you know. Um, and that, that's it, for sure very important to me. To, yeah. Right. What would, what, you tell, um, what would you say? I've got to ask one question, Ted. Hang on. Sure. I, what would you say to some parents? who push their junior student and it's all about winning and comparing to other players and putting pressure on their child, what would you tell them? Um, well, um, I would probably tell them to probably not have their kids focus so much on the other people because they can't control what they're doing. The only thing that they can control is their progress and their uh, golf game. And let them know that if, uh, let's say, they finish last in a tournament, that they shot their carrier low. Like, that's awesome. That They should know that and should take pride in that because I, I believe that you're going to get better when, when you see that you are getting better for your level, if that makes sense. Um, because, I mean... I'm thinking about Tiger. How how was he able to get even better even though he already was the best in the world? Probably because he was always comparing his results to himself, you know, and try to get better from there. Right. 
Right. And and that's what so that's a tell, great, great point. Go ahead, Cindy. What would you tell parents who are pushing their child? Um, well, I, I think it's great to uh, for them to uh, that they're pushing a little bit because as a kid, you you probably only do what you think is fun, and maybe that's not always great. But I, th- there's a certain limit to it because you can't take away the fun. Because if you take away the fun, then then I I don't think they are gonna get uh, to their best potential. That's that's what I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a limit. Yeah, I think there's a limit. You're exactly right, Louise. I think there's a limit to how much you have to push a little bit because sometimes, you know, kids waver a little bit and want to do their own thing. So I agree with that. You, you've got to push them a little bit, but you also have to be careful, uh, as I'm sure that's what Cindy was alluding to, about pushing too much to the point where the kid no longer enjoys what they're doing and and uh, becomes frustrated or overwhelmed or, or, you know, has a lot of anxiety out of it. So I think there's a balance that you have to find. Well, Louise, I, I want to yeah, thank you think, uh, on behalf of Sydney. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought. No, I just wanted to just have a quick example of my, my, my dad. Uh, my dad was a professional ice hockey player, uh, played for the Swedish national team, and he obviously pushed me in my golf. Uh, but he did it in a way that he was letting me know that if you don't practice, you're not going to get better. He was trying to motivate me, but he always made sure that I also had fun because he knew that if I wasn't having fun or enjoy the game, then I wouldn't do it anyways. Um, right. So that's, I think, that's uh, in yeah, a way I think that's what, pushing what, is healthy. Right. I think what your father uh, was trying to do was to make it about you and not about him. And I think that's one of the problems that a lot of parents have is when they're pushing their child too much, it's not really about the child anymore. It's becoming about them, about the parent. And I think your father did it right. He pushed you just enough to to keep you motivated and keep you interested, but not so much that you lost interest or, you know, wanted to uh, to sort of give up. And, and obviously, uh, I'm sure he's uh, very proud of, of uh, you know, the, the, the great player, but the great young lady that you've become. Um, Louise, we want to thank you for, for joining us uh, this morning on the Women of Golf Show. It's been uh, very interesting, and, and we want to wish you, uh, again, a heartfelt congratulations on your, your recent win. And uh, we hope you'll yeah. keep up the, the great work. And maybe, uh, maybe on a future show, we'll get you and Jenny uh, on at the same time and, and uh, talk about uh, the uh, the Swedish national team and, and just uh, see if we can pick your brain a little bit on, on some of the, the great things that you guys are doing over there. So keep up the great work and uh, and thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. All right, that was our uh, second guest, uh, Louise Riderstrom, uh, the winner of the 2018 Valley Forge Invitational. Um, just a, a quick uh, final thought that, Sydney, um, I know you've got something cooking uh, the next couple of weeks, so you're not going to be here, so I'm going to be holding down the fort. Uh, you're going to play on the, uh, in a Symmetra Tour event, correct? Legends Tour. Our, I'm, I'm sorry, my pun. <laughs> not Symmetra <laughs> 
The I'm after sorry. tour, Let's... not the before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just shows you I, I need another cup of coffee or something this morning. That's right. Like, what, what event is it? Any real quick, because I know you got to go. The Suquamish Clearwater um, Legends Tour Championship in Seattle at the Clearview uh, Resort and Casino in Seattle, Washington. I can't wait to go. Very good. Well, well, good luck, my friend. I know that you will do well, and you will always bring it to the golf course. So uh, make sure you do that. Have fun. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, again, we want to very quickly thank our special guest, Jenny Hagelin and Louise Ryderstrom, for joining us this morning uh, from the Symmetra Tour. And congratulations again, ladies, on uh, your respective wins. And uh, we thank all of you, the listeners, for each uh, every week for joining us here on the Women of Golf, and we'll see you next week. Uh, Cindy's going to be off, as she said, for a couple of weeks, so I'll be here holding the fort. Uh, but sure to come back and join us uh, on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, We'll see you later, and God bless everybody. Thanks. Bye, Cindy. Bye-bye, Ted.